What up, Anchor? What up, Anchor listeners? What up, Anchor FM? What up, Spotify? What up, the world? Dre Wise, Dre Wise, Dre Wise Countdown. And today is Friday, of course, the weekend. And the date is the 6th. And the time is 3.17 p.m. And this season, you know, it's Christmas time, Christmas season. Everybody preparing for Christmas. You know, the parents out there are buying their uh, their children some gifts, some toys, all that. People coming in to spend time with their family. All that stuff that, you know, people do. The holidays. Now, today on Anchor, Anchor FM, Anchor Episodes, I want to, I want to talk about bodybuilding, bodybuilders, steroids, all that. Here today, today, is a discussion about bodybuilders, bodybuilding, steroids, all that. Today on this Anchor FM episodes, Drain Wise, Drain Wise, Count You. What up, Anchor? What up, Anchor listeners? What up, Anchor FM and Spotify? Follow me on Facebook, that is Dre Wise Conqueror. Follow me on Twitter, that is Dre Wise underscore Conqueror. Follow me on IG, that is Instagram, Dre Wise underscore. And also, also subscribe to my YouTube channel of I Do Exercise videos, that is Reaper Wise, Reaper Wise, capital X. Dre Wise, Dre Wise Conqueror. The way people chase the dream of their perfect body is changing. The pressure men are now facing is similar to what women have had to deal with for decades. Diets, workouts, days spent in the gym. And for many young men especially, anabolic steroids are being increasingly used to help achieve that dream. In this film, I'm going to find out from one user why he takes them and put him through a series of tests to see what damage, if any, they've done to his body. I'll hear from the experts, look at the law surrounding steroid use in the UK and speak to a dealer about why he does it. Gareth Jenkins, who's 29 and lives just outside of Cardiff, is one of the estimated hundreds of thousands of people who regularly take anabolic steroids to build muscle. Been using steroids for about four or five years. When you train naturally, um, which I have done for a number of years before using steroids, you um, you tire quicker, you ache more. Um, and obviously, when you use the uh, performance enhancing drug, which is the steroid, you don't um, you don't have those muscle soreness anywhere near as much. I feel more awake. I feel better in myself. I feel more manly. I've got a higher sex drive. There are some serious potential risks you're running from a medical perspective about using steroids. Things like increased risk of heart attacks, increased risk of strokes, uh, mood swings, infertility. Do those things not worry you? The, the way that I look at it is, um, yes, they do bother me, obviously, but like everything. So you're aware of the risk. I'm fully aware. Fully aware, yeah. I've done my research to, uh, to see obviously what harm they would have on me or potential harm they would have on me over a prolonged period of time if I was using them or using them correctly or incorrectly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, in terms of the risks, is everything that we do in life now carries a risk of heart attack, cancer, whatever it is. So, whatever it is, I'm going to get those risks anyway. So, I choose not to do certain things and I choose this as my lifestyle instead. So, as I don't go out drinking and smoking, I take steroids. Steroids can cause health problems because they create an imbalance of hormones in the body, which can damage many organs, but especially the heart. Gareth says he tries to minimise any risks by taking his steroids in cycles, like 16 weeks on and then 8 weeks off. There's two types of steroids. There's okay. one that comes in a liquid form, mm-hmm. which is an intramuscular injection. Mm-hmm. That's this type. So you inject that and into And I would inject itself. this into, uh, directly into a muscle, mm-hmm. um, two times a week. And then the other type is um, a tablet form. When I'm using these type, this type of steroid, I would use um, five a day for seven days. So basically five a day, every day. So over the course of a period of around six months when you're on steroids for that long, roughly how much do you think you spend on them? 
had a rough guesstimate, probably um, with the cycle itself and the post-course treatment would be around about £500, I expect. That's a lot of money. It is. It's probably a lot less in six months than somebody who spent on drink on a weekend. Worth it, do you think? For me personally, yeah. When it comes to the law on anabolic steroids, it is legal to use them and legal to possess them right across the UK. What is illegal though is supplying them, unless you're a doctor. And that means either selling them or just passing them on for free. If caught, you could face up to 14 years in prison. Because Gareth's only using steroids, not supplying them, he's not in any trouble with the law. It could be a different story with his health though. So later this week, he's agreed to go to London for a series of tests that will find out what damage, if any, he's done to his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your still. I basically started with an because I was bullied really bad when I was younger. For being small and basically just a feral child of the, of the, of the school. <laughs> um, so I just ended up locking myself away in the gym, training and getting bigger and getting stronger getting inked, more sort of fell into one big sort of procedure that I seem to be doing in the lifestyle I need, pretty much. Yeah, in the middle there is not nice. Rest of it's fine so well. So going into London to have all those tests done, which I'm excited about to be honest with you, yet slightly nervous because obviously it could come back and say that there's something significantly wrong. And if I don't change my lifestyle then um, Obviously, I can have health issues. My prediction is that I think I'd be pretty stupid or naive to think that my heart wouldn't have changed. You know, four or five years um, of the use of any performance-enhancing drug that's anabolic um, is going to have that effect. So I think if it hasn't, then what I've been taking is fake, and I've done it naturally. So, <laughs> um, and obviously, if it is. Um, significant, then it'd be absolutely no doubt in my mind that I'll obviously change my lifestyle overnight. Whether people use or abuse anabolic steroids is a matter of opinion. For some in the medical world, if steroids aren't prescribed by a doctor, then it's simple, taking them is abuse. Many people who research dosages and try to minimise the risks though, would say they don't abuse them, but instead use them. One thing that is widely agreed on though, is that the issue is now affecting more people than ever before. We don't know the exact number of anabolic steroid uses there are, but it certainly measures in the hundreds of thousands. We're seeing now a, a different population of users. While we still have people who are using for purposes of bodybuilding, we're seeing a new population of predominantly young males, but also quite older males as well. Um, who are using purely for cosmetic purposes. There's a number of pressures on young men, and most of these pressures went around a generation ago. These are things like social media, they can be mainstream advertising. Uh, if ever you see a male with their shirt off, they, chances are they will have quite a well-defined physique. Um, again, males may not be geared up to dealing with this. This is something that women uh, have had to deal with for generations, but this is quite a new thing for men. For Gareth, he's about to undergo a series of tests that will check what damage, if any, he's done to his heart. The person in charge is cardiology doctor Anil Malhotra. We're going to do three tests today. Yeah. The first is to look at the electrical activity of the heart. Mm -hmm. The second is to look at the heart muscle itself. Yeah. And the third, to actually exercise your heart right. and we'll see how you perform. Right. Okay, does that all right? Yeah, no problem. NHS guidelines say that by taking anabolic steroids, Gareth's risking side effects like infertility, mood swings, and even heart attacks and strokes. This is the sound of the blood flowing across the valves of your heart, and we're just assessing how quickly the blood flows through that valve, and we're able to see whether there's any narrowing of the valve or any leakages as well. I expect, um, expect that they will show um, some form of thickness or abnormality um, to the heart. It's bound to have changed in some way after four or five years of, of taking a performance-enhancing drug. 
The British Cardiovascular Society says tens of thousands of people could be putting themselves at increased risks of the most serious side effects by taking anabolic steroids. I'm cycling towards a cheesecake. And I'll get it. I'll get it. Billionaire's cheesecake on the horizon. Let's get there. After pushing himself to the limit, Gareth will be able to find out how his heart has performed and what effect his sterile use has had. With hundreds of thousands of people now thought to be taking steroids every year right across the UK, clearly they're getting them from somewhere. But government figures show that for the whole of 2015 and 2016, right across England and Wales, there were just 25 convictions relating to the illegal supply of steroids, and just seven of those ended with a prison sentence. So for this man who spoke on condition of anonymity, the law hasn't come close to stopping him from dealing. We know you supply steroids, we know you're a steroid dealer. Obviously it's illegal, you're breaking the law. A lot of people would say you're putting people's lives, their health certainly at risk. What do you say to that? Start off with the, the health risks. Um, I think steroids are readily available to anyone who wants to access them at the moment. I like to see myself as more as someone who provides information, you know, to ensure people can do it safely. Uh, look, people are going to use them regardless of whether they buy them from me or whether they buy them from an unknown source or online. But if they can talk to me about it, then how to inject themselves safely or look at dosages or if I can help them, even if not to take steroids, if I don't think it's appropriate for them, then I will. Um, well, that's the reason I try to, that's the reason I'm involved in it. Who are the types of people getting them from you? Who's coming to you for these steroids? There's a very broad spectrum of people that use steroids. Um, you're ranging from young guys at 18 years old, 19, 20, and they're just starting out and they're training and, and they're looking to bulk up for maybe a summer holiday or just to look good for, for a them. summer holiday? For a summer holiday, or they just want to attract the girls. They want to go out on a night out and attract the girls. These are the guys that are less aware. So these are the guys that you have to be more informative when you, you talk to them about it, make them more aware of the risks and the dangers. If you go to an Instagram page and there's a guy on there that looks a certain way and he's got 300,000 likes and women commenting on him saying, oh, you look amazing, you look this, you look that. Because he's well built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a guy's going on, oh, you look really buff, your arms are huge, man. All that sort of stuff and comments that you'll see. These young guys feel pressured to try and strive to achieve that. Even 10 years ago, before social media was around, he was only judged by your peers, the people that you knew and that, that you met. What about the health of the people who you're giving these, who you're supplying these drugs to? They can face things like infertility, they can face mood swings, they can face getting strokes decades earlier than the average, heart attacks, it's illegal for a reason. Yeah. But, but I don't agree with it being illegal, because I'll tell you that doctors prescribe testosterone to people. So if there's a reason... You're not a doctor. No, no, I, I'm saying that doctors prescribe it. So steroids, or testosterone in this example, if it was killing people left, right and centre, then they wouldn't be prescribing it. And I think the media sensationalises it. And I'm going to tell you now, there's people that abuse steroids and they do damage their health. And that's their choice. One man who's all too aware of the risks of taking steroids he's got on the black market is Gareth. And after using them for nearly five years, he's about to find out the effect oh, they've had on his heart. All right, yeah, I'm about to you take a seat. <clears throat> Go over your results. So I've got your ECG tracing, I've seen your echo report, and, and the reports from the exercise test yeah. as well. Yeah. What it shows is that your heart is working well. Right. Um, and that's and, and you've um, come through your exercise test well as well. Yeah. Um, but we do think that you're at the upper limit of normal in terms of the wall thickness of your heart. So right. Um, that is most likely due to your weightlifting and your steroid use. Yeah. Um, you are still young and you've not been using steroids for that long, but if one does continue to do so, um, then you are putting yourself at increased risk of heart attacks and potentially even strokes as well. Yeah. You know, steroid usage does have a, a variety of bad effects on the heart. I class myself as quite a sensible person. Um, taking my own health into account that it would just be sensible being the key word to just not push that boundary to the point where something isn't reversible so not keep using steroids not keep using steroids yeah all for the better cheaper too <laughs>
It looks like Gareth's steroid days might be numbered, but he's just one of hundreds of thousands of users. Dealers are unlikely to get caught. The number of convictions for supply is low and doctors want change, worried about potential long-term health problems for users. So is change on the way? Well, we do know that the group that advises the government on drugs misuse is in the middle of a big review into steroids. We don't know yet what it's going to say. Sub guys, Derek, moreplaysmoredays.com. Today we're going to be talking about what I think is the cause of GH gut and bodybuilding. And my uh, hypothesis may be a bit different than the traditional, you know, it's all the HGH that grows their organs because that's not necessarily the case. So I'm going to delve into it with you guys and lay out what I think exactly is going on. So there's a belief that is widespread in the bodybuilding community that using HGH, MK677, or other GH-releasing peptides is going to cause your intestines to grow, start protruding outwards, and consequently give a very unesthetic, distended look of the abdominals, and it's called GH gut, or bubble gut. And I just want to lay out my hypothesis on exactly what I think is going on here. Increased GH levels will not push organs against the stomach. While increased GH levels can cause parts of your body to grow bigger, mostly your bones, the amount of GH it would take to cause your intestines to grow so much that they would literally be pushing your stomach wall outwards is not anything anybody is using. Bones and tendons in the, in the body may grow fairly substantially with extreme dosages of GH, and we see that all the time, but intestines growing to the point of nearly exploding out of the abdominal wall is not what's going on here. The true cause of GH gut, in my opinion, is typically the overconsumption of food with carbohydrates in particular being the main macronutrient responsible. And on top of that, GH abuse can also indirectly cause GH gut, but the mechanism by which it causes it is much different than what most believe, in my opinion. It's not uncommon for a large bodybuilder to be taking in upwards of nearly a thousand grams of carbs a day, especially when a bodybuilder is trying to gain more size. They need to increase their caloric intake accordingly, which means eating more carbs even after they've already been eating significantly more than the body needs. And keep in mind, caloric needs for the average guy versus caloric needs for a bodybuilder trying to get past 300 pounds of lean tissue are significantly different, but the pancreas limits are exactly the same. Like you have the same pancreas as the next guy who's not trying to bodybuild and become a mass monster. If you are constantly cranking blood sugar through the roof day in and day out, the pancreas will be stressed in order to produce the amount of insulin necessary to bring blood sugar back to homeostasis. And this is where insulin resistance and pre-diabetic symptoms start to rear their ugly head. And when the intestines are backed up with an overabundance of carbohydrates, a backlog of bacteria in the small intestine can develop and gut health can be destroyed while your body attempts to remedy the situation and an overabundance of bacteria in the small intestine leads to significant bloating and gas and leads to very obvious abdominal distension. Unlike the large intestine, the small intestine does not have a large number of bacteria most of the time. And when a bodybuilder overconsumes carbohydrates, they can start becoming insulin resistant and GH abuse just contributes to this as it will also severely raise blood sugar levels at high enough dosages. So as insulin resistance sets in and the body has chronically high blood sugar levels, gastric emptying becomes delayed and the intestines start to lose their ability to contract as effectively. Intestinal transit is severe impaired as a result of this. As you can see here, this is what intestinal transit looks like in somebody who has good glucose control. On the right, you see what it looks like in somebody who's becoming insulin resistant and has chronic high blood sugar levels. And you can see here, gastric emptying on the left in the healthy individual and gastric emptying on the right delayed in the individual with hyperglycemia. The gut flora normally would protect the intestine from bacteria. However, if the speed of intestinal transit is negatively affected by chronically high blood sugar levels, then backflow from the colon into the small intestine can occur where it becomes colonized with colonic bacteria. And the result of this is bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine and ultimately very obvious, you know, quote unquote, GH gut or distension or bubble gut. As insulin resistance becomes worse, intestinal motility is hindered in parallel 
just compounding the issue. So why did bodybuilders from the 70s and 80s not have this GH gut? The reason why bodybuilders from the golden era did not have GH guts comes down to the fact that they didn't have access to GH and the mass monster era hadn't started yet. So there was no chemical warfare arms race to get as big as humanly possible. As soon as mass monsters started being rewarded circa the Dorian era, there was an obvious need to get bigger to stay competitive. And to get bigger, you need to eat even more than you already were, meaning you are stressing your pancreas even more than you had to previously to keep your blood sugar in check and the inevitable result that will occur at some stage no matter who the individual is would be abdominal distension once the amount of food overconsumption reaches a point that the digestive system can no longer support and a backlog of bacteria starts to seep into the intestine where it shouldn't be which causes bloating and you know quote unquote gh gut so we see this time and time again in the modern bodybuilding era as bodybuilders constantly chase size and have to push the boundaries of their digestive health in order to do so. Is it reversible? Another thing many individuals who you know talk about this topic seem to not take into account is that there have been many successful pro bodybuilders who had a bad showing on stage with gut distension, GH gut, and then the next time they stepped on stage, suddenly, like magic, their waist was more streamlined and their gut had magically vanished. So did their organs suddenly shrink and rearrange themselves? obviously not their stomach was never protruding from their innards being pushed to the outside it was simply from their compromised intestinal health causing bloating and distension and obviously there are compounding factors here in terms of visceral you know fat buildup gaining of muscle in general in your obliques and your abdominal wall and your midsection in general the bigger you get the more muscle you gain everywhere and this is you know not restrictive to you know it's not like you can just pack on muscle everywhere but your midsection you're going to pack on muscle everywhere and your midsection is going to grow in parallel unfortunately but aside from this there are multiple factors here that ultimately lead to the very you know obvious distension you see on stage and at the end of the day just one of the main factors is this digestive compromised digestive health and a lot of guys have shown that they've been able to reverse it simply by getting their dietary practices in order and essentially quitting the mass chasing you know arms race ben pikulski is a great example of this he showed up on uh you know all of his contests in his you know pinnacle where he was trying to be competitive at a high level he would show up and have massive distension and this is something i covered in my previous video talking about the origin of you know lack of stomach control and then i talked about his showing at uh the toronto show as well as the vancouver show where he displayed a much improved stomach control and just very very good vacuum and while he did downsize in order to hit this it's the result of him not having to chase that mass anymore and put his digestive health in you know a compromised position and to also pull a bit of tissue off of that midsection because he was he did in fact gain a lot of you know mass everywhere which contributes to this bulked up look and the essentially building more tissue than your frame can handle but at the end of the day the massive distension is going to come down to the compromised gut health and this is why he was able to reverse this so significantly and there are other examples of this too so if his organs had truly grown, there's no way he would have been able to get rid of it. Like even if he downsized, you're not gonna be able to shrink your intestines at your next show. Like it just wouldn't happen. The truth of the matter is when you're chasing extreme levels of size, you will inevitably have to overconsume food and at one point or another likely impair your intestinal health. Ben Pakulski evidently lost some muscle size in between his previous showings where he had prominently displayed a massive GH gut and his most recent showing where he had an awesome vacuum pose and no distension issues can be solely attributed to him no longer trying to eat as much food as he would have needed if he wanted to keep gaining size. And this is what he was doing previously when he had horrible distension issues as he was trying to play the size game to remain competitive with the mass monsters. And I'm sure, you know, potentially drugs might have had something to do with it as well, but I think it largely comes down to the mass chasing and the overconsuming of food in order to get to that next level to try and hang with these guys. Rolly Winkler, another perfect example. He got his, you know, GH gut under control for the most part. Was it, you know, attributed to the use of a waist trainer? I don't think so. I think it had more to do with dietary changes than anything. If you check out his old showing from the 2015 Arnold Classic, for example, you can clearly see he was one of the worst offenders for a prominent GH gut. And now up to 2019, he can almost hit a vacuum on stage. Now, granted, 
doesn't have the prettiest midsection, but that's just, you know, what comes with the territory of being near 300 pounds. But the fact that he's able to get that gut under control just goes to show his intestines didn't just suddenly like decrease in size by 50%. A lot of it just has to do with, you know, the bacteria backlog that's get that's screwing up your digestive system. And a bodybuilder can literally go from having a vacuum to having extreme amounts of distension, you know, GH gut, overnight just by screwing up their carb up and compromising their intestinal health before stepping on stage and this is why you'll see bodybuilders show up on stage with huge gh guts and then a week later show up to another show with the issue completely fixed and getting to phil heath so obviously this is the most you know prominent case of gh gut as of now everyone wants to know is this guy going to be able to clean it up and show up with a tighter midsection to regain his title there are many other cases of gh guts in bodybuilding but phil heath has garnered the most attention because of how many olympias he's won and you know many of them people actually didn't think he deserved as of you know the more recent ones because of this gut issue and i don't believe phil heath's hernia was the cause of his distension issues it probably played some role on his abdominal control but the fact remains that his gut has been distended for a few years now and i believe the root of the issue is compromised intestinal health and chasing mass and i also believe phil heath is showing early signs of insulin resistance also called palumboism if you compare Phil Heath in 2012 to Phil Heath in 2018, the one glaring difference is his midsection. So whether the result of that is GH abuse, overconsumption of food to chase size to stay on top of the division or a combination of both, I can't really say for certain, but my best guess is that it comes down to those two things mainly in conjunction with some of the other factors I mentioned earlier. But, you know, if you look at him, Phil Heath at the 2012 Olympia, just you know, the pinnacle of physiques. Like there's no, nothing you could knock on this guy. Arguably one of the best physiques of all time. Insane muscle bellies, tight midsection, good abdominal control. Nothing you could hate on this guy whatsoever. It's just, you know, completely lights out. And when he turns around to the front, you could, you know, there's nothing really apparent that everyone knocks him for in more modern times in the last few years. And when you look at him going forward to the, just look at that, like, so much better than recent years and it just makes you wonder exactly what happened there going forward to the 2018 olympia you know it's almost zero ab control whether you know i don't think the hernia plays the entire role here you can literally see like tissue hanging off the side that just wasn't there before and it's not like he's not in shape the guy's condition is hell it's just the literal probably aging process in conjunction with compromised gut health in conjunction with maybe gh abuse in conjunction with some of the other factors i outlined but to me this is you know showing early signs of palumboism and could spell the end of the career in my opinion because usually when guys start to display signs like this it's hard to turn around and you know correct that kind of stuff because it's not typically something you can you know really reel back and fix entirely and that's why i think the hernia is sort of like a cop-out make it seem like there's a chance that it's going to totally reverse itself and while other guys have have had success reversing it to a large extent i think oftentimes it requires a lot of downsizing to be able to get rid of it and really address the root of the issue which you know could be a multitude of factors that i outlined earlier but i just think trying to stay on top and fend off some of these massive dudes like rami bonak and obviously curry in the upcoming show next year i just don't see phil coming in with this corrected i think this is you know the beginning of the end for him and that's just my educated guess but i could be totally wrong Obviously, we've seen Roly really like turn it around, but to me, this just looks more like a case of palumboism rather than the bacterial backlog, which was more of the case with Roly Winkler, where it was a digestive issue entirely, in my opinion, for the most part. So, anyways, in conclusion, no growth hormone, peptides, MK677, whatever it is you want to talk about, it's increasing GH and IGF-1 levels, will not cause intestinal growth to the point that it pushes against the abdominal wall and causes severe, disgusting distension. I think it indirectly contributes, but I don't think it's via this intestinal growth that everyone seems to think. I think poor diet choices or forcing oneself to have to consume absurd amounts of food in order to stay competitive in bodybuilding with these mass monsters insulin resistance from gh diet or other causes and compromised gut health is what will ultimately lead to this extreme bloating distension you see on stage also called you know gh gut so anyways let me know what you guys think below if you have your own hypothesis what you think the reason is for these distended guts if you think phil heath's gonna be able to turn around next year what you think he needs to do in order to fix his issue i'd be interested to see what you guys have to say and obviously some 
some constructive uh, conversation would be good in case other guys in the comment section might be having a similar issue and want to see how they can get their midsection under control. Any comments are welcome. They also help the algorithm out. So obviously that's much appreciated too. If you guys can like the video, that would also be awesome. Uh, check me out on Instagram at moreplates underscore more dates, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, etc. Check out the newsletter link in the description below. If you sign up, you're going to get automatically sent all the articles when I publish them, which are far more elaborate than my videos and feature all the clinical studies and trials that I reference in a organized format broken down by table of contents rather than me just talking on the fly like I do in these videos. So thank you guys for watching. Talk to you soon. If you have the choice to be natural or do steroids, stay natural. Don't be fooled. They don't make you a champion. If your choice is to go down that road, don't sit and think that nothing's going to happen, that everything's great. I know for a fact that doing what I'm doing is going to cause damage. It's all part of it. It's all part of this whole process. My body exploded like never before. Like that's some of the best growing I've ever done. So I told guys, especially young guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it unless you're going to make a living at it. Unless you feel that you're going to be a, a true champion. Unless you're really willing to take a risk. The strongest bodybuilder can say, great callback. You are drastically changing. The course of events and the history of your health. That's reality. I have made a choice and I'm willing to deal with that. Why are all these guys using the drugs? Because they are training harder, longer, to get bigger, faster. people who were addicted to bodybuilding. We're going to share 10 bodybuilders who some point in their life was addicted to steroids. Number 10, Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Dean Coleman, 49 years old, is an American professional bodybuilder who holds eight straight wins as Mr. Olympia. Alongside his Mr. Olympia titles, Coleman holds the record for most wins as an IFBB professional with 26. 
He broke the previous record held by Vince Taylor at 22 wins in Moscow on November 5, 2004. Of course, this rock-hard body was not carved alone. Due to the use of exogenous testosterone during preparation for competitions, Coleman has suffered gynecomastia, or the development of breasts, better known as bitch tits, also a back injury that he's battling till this day. Ronnie Coleman is considered as one of, if not the greatest bodybuilders of all time. But after four spinal surgeries and a double hip replacement, was it all worth it? Number 9. Andres Munzer Andres Munzer was an Austrian professional bodybuilder who was renowned for his extremely low body fat level. Munzer was an admirer of fellow Austrian bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger, whom he attempted to imitate. While competing, he used a variety of bodybuilding drugs such as anabolic steroids, diuretics, growth hormone, and insulin, including large amounts of potassium sparring diuretics to get the job done in the most effective manner possible. However, as it is often the case, if you pay the price, you must accept the consequences. So it was with Andres. After several days of enduring intense stomach pains following his final contest, the 1996 San Jose Invitational, Andres was finally admitted to the hospital in March 1996. Doctors decided to operate to stop bleeding from his stomach, but shortly afterwards, his liver and then kidneys failed. His condition by this point was too severe for a blood transfusion, and he died on the morning of March 14, 1996 at the age of 31. Number 8. Jay Cutler Jay Cutler boasts a 58-inch chest, 22.5-inch arms, and a 19.5-inch neck and an off-season weight of 310 pounds. The bodybuilding Cutler has faced years of suspension surrounding heavy steroid abuse based on a positive test for banned diuretics at the 2001 Mr. Olympia competition that was later overturned. His steroid cycle reportedly includes large quantities of HGH, Anadrol, and Decaderbalin, making his physique anything but natural. Number 7. Greg Kovacs Normally humans simply don't weigh 400 pounds in the off-season. Greg Kovacs weighed as high as 420 pounds, primarily because of his 25-inch arms, a 70-inch chest, and colossal 35-inch leg. All is part of his 6'4 frame. Those measurements would take their toll on Kovacs, who died of heart failure in late 2013. Just a few weeks shy of his 45th birthday prior to his death, his life had taken a dark turn. Having been charged with extortion of a nutrition supplement store owner in 2010, we do think there is a link between AAS and GH on damaging the heart. Too many bodybuilders, powerlifters, strongmen, steroid users are dying for it to be a coincidence. Number 6. Dennis James When he was at his peak rippled physique, Dennis the Menace James was 260 pounds of bulging biceps, tree trunk legs, and impossibly broad shoulders and chest, while the 5'8 German is still unquestionably large. A 2004 arrest in Thailand for possession of human growth hormone and 18 tablets of ecstasy highlight that it was merely more than dumbbells that were contributing to his form. The fact that James never finished better than fourth at the Mr. Olympia competition, he has announced he intends to retire in 2017, indicates the International Federation of Bodybuilding's gradual de-emphasis of jacked-up muscle heads. Number 5. Noah Steer a bodybuilding environment brings a whole different kind of normal, but even among bodybuilders, Noah Steer is considered the biggest. Steer doesn't merely boast a frightening chiseled frame, but his rippling muscles lie across a 6'6 body, making him stand out even at bodybuilding events and expos. Steer is known as Bigfoot on the circuit, both for his massive 350-pound body and an elusiveness that makes a rare sight at bodybuilding events these days. Another clear indication, steroid use, is Steer's head, which is comparably small atop his broad-shouldered frame. Number 4. Branch Warren When you start dealing with massive professional bodybuilders like Branch Warren, you start to hear discussion of their steroid use. In most cases, Warren's alleged steroid cycle includes a high intake of Dianabol, a preferred steroid to add quick bulk and size and sustain, which is a common testosterone base. No matter how hard you work out, possessing 30-inch thighs and a 58-inch chest, as Warren does, simply is not natural. Number 3. Greg Valentino 
Greg Valentino is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the man with the biggest biceps in the world. His arms have a circumference of 28 inches. Greg Valentino followed a 28-year bodybuilding regime without relying on performance-enhancing drugs, but this didn't set the record. This came after a further two years of intensive training and anabolic steroids to pump his muscles to these extremes. Anabolic steroids would be his road to fame and ultimately to infamy. Number 2. Candace Armstrong Candace Armstrong, once a pretty blonde, has been left with stubble, broad shoulders, and a one-inch penis after using steroids in a desperate attempt to improve her shape. The former London barmaid said her nightmare began when she joined a gym to improve her physique. Armstrong, who suffers from body dysmorphia, revealed she would work out three hours a day, but was convinced her upper body was too slender. Despite people telling her that she was developing great biceps, it wasn't enough. When a fellow gym fanatic suggested steroids, she went for it, but soon developed an addiction to daily doses of the steroid Trenbolone. Number 1. Marcus Rule Marcus Rule, 41, is a German professional bodybuilder. Rule began training at the age of 18 following a doctor's recommendation after sustaining a knee injury while playing soccer. At 120 pounds, Rule began training hard six days a week until deciding to compete on a professional level five years later. Due to this, the pro bodybuilder took a lot of supplements, including insulin and human growth hormone, and became more susceptible to have the famous palumboism gut, or distended stomach. For more videos like these, like, share, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. With Portal, Smart Camera automatically adjusts to keep you in frame. Right, Piggy? It just worked out perfectly. I mean, I, I look back at my career, and as we get deeper in the conversation about it, I don't really regret anything. I thought that was the right age for me to start. I was more focused on, okay, this is the turning point in my life. This is really what I want to do. I started pursuing, like, what my passion I learned was, was weightlifting. I mean, I, I love to be in the gym. <clears throat> I always tell everyone it wasn't about the body, it was about the mind at first. And then it turned into, when I saw this, the progression of the body, that's really what kept me motivated to continue. And I saw a huge progression. When did you learn about anabolic steroids? Because that is a part of bodybuilding. And so with you seeing these bodybuilders and like even Sylvester Stallone, was there a point where you kind of learned about it and you were like, wait, what? Or did you kind of know about it progressively as you were diving into it? I knew about it, you know, and it was more apparent when I showed up at the T-Nationals I could see guys in better condition and, like, you know, guys that have more mature muscle at 17, 18, 19. And that's when I realized, wow, this is, you know, this is something that if I'm going to continue to do, I, I'm going to have to dabble in something like that. And uh, I didn't know much about like the deeps ins and outs of training for a contest and what you need to do but i knew about testosterone i mean of course i watched the rocky movies at 12 and saw <laughs> yeah. ivan drago taking his <laughs> testosterone shot. what a cheater stallone would never do that yeah, the united states right. would never act that way so i thought <laughs> shit you know that's that's the way you know but of course at 12 you think you're influenced the movie means okay he's he lost and steroids aren't the answer right <laughs> right so. son of a son of a bitch yeah. Um, as you got into it further, um, or or just even like um, seeing more modern day bodybuilding and seeing the size that people have uh, grown to, it seems like there's uh, people are confused. People are a lot of people think it's just drugs, and a lot of people think uh, the guy that gets the first place trophy just took a lot more shit than everybody else. What are some of your thoughts on that? I think it's bullshit because when I started training, you know, I worked with I mentioned. You know, when I started about six months in, I met Chris Aceto, who trained me for almost my whole career, who was a great nutritionist. Uh, he uh, he actually graduated first in his class in exercise and nutrition and at Springfield College, which a lot of people don't know. And he taught me a lot about the nutrition aspect. And the funny thing is, is we rarely talked about drugs uh, and because that really wasn't one of those things, I mean, as a teenager, you, you really, you know, I had the physique and I was progressing super fast and everything was very, very basic. And that's the way I kind of believed. And I saw success right away from that. So I wasn't eyeing, okay, well, to move forward, I need to do a ton of drugs or anything like that shit. I mean, it was kind of like voodoo, right? No one talked about it. 
and we didn't have the internet, so you couldn't read about like cycles and that kind of stuff. The magazines definitely didn't talk about it. Um, every guy was natural in the magazines. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every guy was just like, you know, took the supplements, the weeder, you know, the chewable right. branch chain aminos or whatever they were selling at the time. So for me, you know, to see what's happened now and see what people's perception is of what everyone takes, including myself when I was winning Mr. Olympia titles, it's just, I mentioned you guys earlier, you know, when, you, when you're when you a Mr. Olympia contender, like this, there's been 13, right? I was number 11. Listen, we, we're destined for greatness, you know. Drug, take the drugs in or out. Drugs aren't going to make that person because you have to have the structure, you have to have the mindset, you have to have the muscle capability to manage uh, that much size and that much condition on stage, balance, all that symmetry, those things you talk about. And I just think that society is becoming so jaded with with how they perceive like what it takes to be at the top and they want shortcuts and we talk about that you know you touched on an important thing was was a work work ethic and a lot of today's society lacks that because it's the upbringing that brings that you know that blue collar shit that you don't hear about anymore like you know me sitting there telling you i prayed every day to get through my work days <laughs> yeah. like that shit's like that's what makes a person and I never was the most genetically gifted guy on that Olympia stage, but I trained my ass off and I, uh, I knew how to diet and I, I was always on track with everything. I mean, I, everything was structured. I lived in a fucking box in order to be the best, meaning I had no outside. People would call me with their problems, I'd hang up on them. Like the phones were, were off, don't bother me with negative shit. And I just went at it. And I think now, the bodies, yes, there's some drug-induced bodies. I think it's got out of control. I mean, you talk about all these peptides and all the bullshit now that goes into it. These people come up and ask me questions. I mean, I, had, I was in Houston this past weekend, and they're like, hey, what do you think about this? I don't even know these fucking terms anymore, these people. Right. I mean, I have no idea. I know about testosterone. I know about a few cutting agents and whatever, but it's not, uh, it's not something I'm even, uh, educated on. So I can't even speak on it. And people look at me like, oh, he's full of shit, <laughs> but it's a different era now. Right. And I think that the internet's fucked everything up. And I think that the magazines, you know, they gave a certain amount of information the right way. And once it became live on the net and you got these kamikaze type people, I think it kind of threw a wrench in a lot of things and influenced a lot of these young kids. What is it about some of the stuff with the internet that, that you don't like? There's a lot of positives to it, obviously, too, but what are some things that you don't like about the internet? Uh, it gives everyone a voice that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I think really that's right. opinions, right? I can post a picture on Instagram and say, hey, you know, what do you think, uh, what do you think my best body part is or whatever, and everyone's going to go from calves all the way to the you know, neck, you know? And they're going to say, oh, you're back, and this and that. And then they're going to say, well, Ronnie Coleman had a better back. That's not the question I asked, right? <laughs> it was about what you, which body part was my best. Yeah, fuck you, Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, I think he's the greatest ever, but, you know, we did our battles. And, right. you know, people have their opinions. Like, judges had theirs. I didn't necessarily agree with the judging. I think a lot of it was off, but uh, I have a lot in my favor, too. So it's not like I'm going to sit there and, and rag on the judging, but... Listen, man, the fans are the fans are fickle like that. They just they have their favorites, and you know you're you're hot for a while, and then the, once you win a few, they hate you. Right. But fortunately for me, I've carried a huge fan base of all ages. Uh, I still travel tremendously, and I'm still respected in this business to a lot of people, and uh, that's why I continue to do what I do, and that's what drives me today. What did it take for you to be the best? You know, for each person, it's different. Some people. Some people meditate and do weird shit, right? And some people will just, uh, you mentioned to me, like, that you had coaches uh, that worked on flexibility. You got a lot of soft tissue work. It would sound to me like that you took this as a job, uh, almost. <laughs> What's weird about it is it sounds like you put yourself in the same prison that you were in when you were a kid. And you, you went to work that way. I think I tortured myself, to be honest. I, I uh society that maybe liked some of that i lived a very structured lifestyle and i don't know how it is in the power powerlifting world but like we are kind of uh there's a lot of superstition right of like getting off trends so like getting off trend like yeah trends <laughs> gotta get off that trend yeah. off <laughs> mm -hmm. so 
with me, like, I was contracted, right, most of my career. I mean, Joe Weider signed me to contract when I was 23. And I was paid to work out, which was amazing to me. So I was getting a check no matter what. But I didn't take advantage of that, which I think a lot of guys do. So my life was structured where I'd still get up at 6 or 7 in the morning and I would train whatever twice a day. I'd be in bed at 9 or 10 o'clock and then the day would start the next day. So I treated it uh, with, a, with a solid routine. You know, I followed the diet regimens, like I said, and, you know, everything was on point. Uh, but I think the dedication and the commitment to what I do, I mean, that's really what makes the athlete, you know, I, I like I said, I wasn't genetically gifted in, in certain areas, but I made up for it with the hard work. And that comes from the background, obviously the upbringing, but I was also stubborn as hell, right? I mean, I, I just, I was told I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I was told I wouldn't be a good pro. I was told I'd never turn pro, never win the Olympia, never win it more than once. After I lost it, they said that I'd come back and win it again. So I think a lot of that's a little ego too. I mean, you have to have a little ego to be able to do what I do and be great at it. Uh, but I think everyone in their own right is destined for greatness. It just depends on what platform or what level they're willing to put out. And, you know, for me, it was it was the fitness bodybuilding thing that allowed me to showcase my best talents. You need to have an ego, um, especially to get up in front of people like that and pose in a little pair of underwear. <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, in the beginning, I thought it was so fucking weird, you know? Like, my, my mom is like... <laughs> You know, she didn't get it. Like we put on that dye and you know, shaving the body like you're gonna you're gonna do here in a couple months. <laughs> it's so strange. And you know, you, you you're like orange, right? And you get up on stage and under the lights and you hit these poses and you know, you have to learn how to you know, sh show your strong points, but hide your weaknesses. And everyone has weaknesses, you know. And, and also be somewhat entertaining. I mean, it's not just flexing, right? It's I mean, not. You've got to be comfortable, which is not. I mean, if up, you don't, if you don't look comfortable, they're going to recognize that. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, you know, for me, like that wasn't the fun part about what I did. The fucking the best part was training in the gym. Like I love to train. What is up my skinny legends? Welcome to Kenny KO where you are guaranteed to be triggered. Today's video we are of course gonna discuss women and steroids. Before the whole video gets underway, I hope you guys subscribe, I hope you enjoy the video. We're about to dive headfirst into one of the most untalked about topics in the fitness industry and it's something that's definitely been requested on my channel time and time again that I just haven't gotten around to. So I hope this helps not only my male viewers that maybe have a significant partner out there but also my female viewers that have requested this non-stop. So without further ado, before we start discussing the women in steroids we have a short intermission you guys are of course more than welcome to skip ahead but i urge you to watch let us go ahead and cue that now this video is sponsored by gt arcade the internet's number one source for browser and mobile games of course you guys already know i only work with the best and play the best gt arcade and myself are giving you an exclusive offer for ten dollars all you have to do is follow the link in the description down below it is self-explanatory create your account play all the numerous games that i have got immersed in myself that would be rangers of oblivion era of Celestial, Sea Fight, and my personal favorite, of course, being Rise of Ragnarok. As I mentioned, the enjoyment I've gotten out of GT Arcade is overwhelming. It makes it actually pretty hard to get to making videos to you guys on a weekly basis. So I know if it's something I thoroughly enjoy, you guys are gonna get that same enjoyment as well. And as I mentioned, you don't wanna pass up the $10 gift pack that is in the link in the description down below. So if you wanna get started, head over to GT Arcade, create your account, get started playing all these games. There are also some fantastic giveaways that take place on GT Arcade. And they have numerous details along with that and just one more time so you guys get the clue $10 gift pack in the description down below rise of Ragnarok being my favorite game if you want to check it out yourself I thank you guys for watching and let's head back to the video women in steroids something that still to this day Does not make any sense to me when you think of the word steroids. They're male hormones So putting females women steroids in the same sentence the two just really don't go well together this is also a disclaimer i am not a doctor nor do i claim to be a doctor this is all for entertainment purposes only i do not recommend you do anything i'm about to discuss always follow your country's laws do not break the law so when the topic of steroids or anabolics gets brought up in the fitness industry or the fitness community with the females being included in that you're more the times than not not ever actually going to hear about it and the only times it's primarily going to be utilized 
price, which has changed over time, is gonna be in the top tier levels. I'm talking the figure division, the powerlifting division, but now what's blowing my mind and urging me to make this video is I am seeing NPC, which is the amateur level, bikini competitors, I'm talking just getting into it, doing their first show, and they are taking anabolics. It still doesn't make sense to me because as I stated at the start of the video, steroids are male hormones. What the females are basically doing, or what their male partner is encouraging them to do, is slowly and gradually turn their girlfriend or turn themselves into a male. Plain and simple, that's what it is. The side effects are there. It's gonna be excessive hair growth, it's gonna be deepening of the voice, and then the one that people joke about a lot and talk about most, I seem to find, is the enlargement of that C word on the female anatomy that many men can't seem to find. But you all get what I'm talking about. So in the anabolic world, of course, you're gonna have compounds like Anavar, Primo, that have less side effects and are more commonly used by a lot of competitors due to that nature compared to the other end of the spectrum, your Masteron, your Anadrol, your Trend, your Test, all the more extreme compounds that a lot of males run in competition prep. And yes, there is a safe and responsible way to do it with less side effects, be more precautionary, take a better outlook on your health. But we live in the generation where everyone right out of the gate thinks that more is better. Well, in this scenario, the more you do, yeah, the better you're gonna get at growing hair and make it easier for you to audition as Morgan Freeman. The lower your voice is, the better you sound. I've seen coaches for contestants in the bikini division. Right off the bat, this girl has never done a competition in her life, has never even been in the gym, like I mentioned, for more than a year. Just in the beginning of prep, they're recommending that they jump on Masteron, jump on Anavar, jump on even Test I've seen. And it absolutely blows my mind because the side effects are so brutal for females. If you think they're bad for males with the acne and the aggression, the suppression, the DHT potential hair loss, if you are prone to male pattern baldness, then just wait till you see the side effects that are on females. They are so much worse. And as I mentioned, as soon as you start to go down the road of taking anabolics or steroids as a female, you are willingly accepting turning yourself into a male. Plain and simple, the video could be over just saying that. That's not even talking about the amount of clen that a lot of competitors run. And for some reason, when I have this discussion with people, they are so oblivious to what is going on around them that they think bikini competitors in the IFBB are 100% natural. They would never touch anything. They have a bikini body. It's, it's just a slim figure that is well conditioned. Well, you are wrong. There may be a few competitors here and there that are natural, have elite genetics, but more times than not, at the top level, they are going to be on stuff. I can say that with certainty, but I just don't understand it. I would never encourage a female take any performance enhancing substances anabolic steroids SARMs even for that matter even though the side effects can be mitigated and there can be less side effects with compounds such as Anavar as I've touched on and I totally understand the competitive aspect the higher you get up the more likely it is that you're gonna have to run higher dosages or more strong compounds but at the end of the day I just feel most of these females are gonna regret their decision so immensely because these side effects are brutal so a word of advice for me if you plan or if maybe you have a boyfriend or family member or even a best friend that's encouraged you to take steroids or anabolics and you're a female at least do your due diligence and do some research capital letter C because the enlargement of that word is what you are gonna get everyone's free to live their life how they want I totally respect that if that's a look you're trying to attain more power to you I just don't want my viewers to be misinformed about what's going on in the fitness industry not have these smoky mirrors put up and to have everything be transparent I hope you guys enjoyed the video and if you did please make sure to smash that like button if you are new to the Kenny KO channel I hope you subscribe and if you are to take anything away from this majestic beautiful video i guess one positive side effect would be if the enlargement of the c word on that female anatomy that we talked about that a lot of guys find hard to find i mean maybe that's actually a benefit or a positive because i know a lot of guys actually struggle with that i will catch you guys on the next one peace what up anchor what up anchor listeners what up anchor fm and spotify follow me on facebook that is Dre Wise Conqueror. Follow me on Twitter. That is Dre Wise underscore Conqueror. Follow me on IG. That is Instagram. Dre Wise underscore. And also, also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Of I do exercise videos. That is Reaper Wise. Reaper Wise. Capital X. Dre Wise. Dre Wise Conqueror. Now my thoughts on this, my thoughts on this whole entire antibiotic steroid use, this 
enhancement of the growth. Now this is my logical sense. This is my logical sense on this. My understanding on this. Now, one video I caught and the individual guy said to choose between the use of steroids or to just remain to go natural. He said, just go natural. Why did he say that? Because when it comes to the thought pattern, when it comes to the mind, when it comes to the whole idea, when it comes to the eye that the eye sees the reflection of yourself. The eyes see the reflection of yourself. Within that, when he said, if you have a choice, more like he said like this, I should have just did this whole weightlifting, bodybuilding thing, and just do it now. Then to do, then to do it, then to do on roids or steroids. These people of the industry of fitness, exercise, bodybuilding, you are sick mentally. You are under a illusion. The illusion world that tricks your mind because it's a progress of looking good that you think in your mind this is the only way to get a perfect, damn near close, perfect result of a body. This is the part that people fail to use, to use or realize. If they say, which they do say, he gonna say, if you take it responsibly, if you take it carefully, if you take it right, it won't harm you, but less side effects. Sir, did you just hear what you just see? If you take it responsibly and take it uh, uh, carefully, responsibly, it's minimize less uh, uh, damaging to your health. Now, to me, that was the stupidest, 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 stupidest even saying that regardless how you take it regardless how you use it it's still unhealthy for you it's still unhealthy for you in the video it shows on YouTube many many bodybuilders have died by taking this drug if a medical physician of a doctor says this will happen to you, you will suffer a heart attack. This will go wrong in your body. So the idea it says I don't care because I only look at the physical part of what I see in the mirror and how people look at me and what I gain out of that of result of strength. Endurance, stamina, heel quicker, all that. So you are under a illusion. You are in a, another world that tricks your mind by what you see. Because you are in the physical realm of this world. Pharisee. These people that take these drugs, I don't care who you are. And bodybuilding. You are sick. You are sick mentally, and you're only in position to entertain the world. But see, people that take steroids, they're not, see, bodybuilders are not even, even really class of promoting good health. No, they're only in class to flex and bulk. That's it. You're taking a drug 
in a sport like this, basically to amuse, basically to entertain. You're not a health, uh, uh, health expert. You're not a person that is a teacher of health. You're only in the field of lifting and hoisting and flexing and walking. That's it. So it's all about money. It's all about making your name great and making your presence great. But you forget the point. This drug is killing you slowly that you don't want to hear. You look fake. You look like a cartoon. You don't look real. Now, me personally, I am a natural bodybuilder. I am a natural bodybuilder. I've been doing this for 13 years. Natural without the use of steroids. Natural 13 years without the use, without the use of this death of un it's not healthy drug that was thought of in the lab of increasing testosterone of a hormone that's designed and extract from the male hormone testosterone and make you a super super freak of a nature of a cartoon like the moon. When women take this, you start looking like a man. You start sounding like a man. Wow. Wow. And when they talked about the bubble gum, now I disagree with he said something about food. I'll stop it. So I'll stop it. It's not the food. It's not the food. Sir, it's the hormones of the chemicals. These idiots, these sick idiots take. It's the hormones, these chemicals, and steroids, and whatever they take that's causing their, their uh, stomach to bulge. Get realistic. Get realistic. Steroids that I do not follow. Steroids that I am basically anti of that. I think it's nothing but a seed that you plant in people to get in their minds to what you see on television, someone else gonna do it also. But it's also by choice. Everybody has a choice in the concept. We talk about so much. And you will say, well, it's not gonna happen to me. You're cheating. And you're only in the field of basically not educating. You're only in the field of basically amused. You're destroying yourself in and out. 13 years I've been natural. I still make games. 13 years without the use of steroids. 13 years. What's your excuse? It's all about money. It's all about fame. It's all about making your name great. That's it. That's it. You're not teaching nobody nothing about health. You can't. Because you've only been taught this by the, the site that you want to get into. Hmm. You're nothing but a drug addict, a drug user, a drug pusher, all that. So on that note, do what you want to do. Within that every body that, that lives and breathes to walk on walk in their own path with a decision of a consequence when they have time here on this earth. That's what they call it. the saying is karma is a bitch and also they say reap what you saw. Drake Wadman aka Compure Drake Wad Compure all that peace and farewell. What up, Anchor? What up, Anchor listeners? What up, Anchor FM and Spotify? Follow me on Facebook. That is Dre Wise Conqueror. Follow me on Twitter. That is Dre Wise underscore Conqueror. Follow me on IG. That is Instagram. Dre Wise underscore. And also, also subscribe to my YouTube channel of I do exercise videos that is ReaperWise ReaperWise capital X Dre Wise Dre Wise Conqueror